People of the world, hello and welcome to the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, where our purpose is a simple one. Tune into our weekly podcast each Friday, wherever you listen to your favorite programs or on this website to hear us, three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice as the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. To reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions, we're at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, the Facebook group of the same name, and if you care to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Also, stay tuned for details about our upcoming news and perspective show on Millennium TV's M24 streaming news station. Welcome again to another episode of The Brothers Talk, where we're continuing our contribution to the conversation on issues of importance and relevance to our communities from Black men's perspective. This is the third show dedicated to our relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide campaign, which we started on June 1st, the date that 99 years ago, the good white folks of Tulsa, Oklahoma, obliterated the neighboring, more prosperous Black community of Greenwood because of racist envy that these Black people were pretty much self-sufficient. Thank you all for the overwhelmingly positive support as we continue to emphasize our unique plan of taking it on one household at a time. And before we get into this week's topic, let me once again introduce co-hosts Scott and Norm. Hey family, thank you for your continued support, continue to be safe out there, and thank you for embracing the whole concept of reintroducing Black Wall Street. And remember, we're doing a great job. We're moving forward. I see a lot of excitement out there. Let's keep this thing moving forward, right? As I mentioned, our relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide campaign is different from all the other Black Wall Street initiatives because we drive the responsibility and accountability for this effort down to the household level where each of us can make the decision to find, buy, support, and promote Black businesses and Black professionals to make us self-sufficient. Last week, we discussed how our approach gets us past the trust issues that have been indoctrinated in us by 401 years of racism And Scott brought up a great point that too many of our businesses fail because we don't have the same kind of mentoring relationships that other ethnic groups do. And we've also been stressing the fact that we don't take the time to better educate ourselves on finance in general. Well, that's the perfect segue into our two guests this week. They are two financial service professionals, two financial advisors, Teron Tidwell of Hudson Point Capital, who was recently profiled in Black Enterprise, and he invited Kenny Bryant of Managing Money God's Way, which certainly should appeal to the spirituality in us as a people. Their expertise and relationship is exactly what we want to highlight. Brothers, welcome to the podcast. And how about each of you introduce yourselves to our audience? Teron? Good afternoon, everyone. It's uh, Teron Tidwell from Hudson Point Capital. It's definitely a pleasure to be on here and, and definitely uh, speaking with a group of brothers. Hello, everyone. This is Kenny Bryant. I am honored to be on the show. Thank you for inviting me, Tyron and uh, Rodney. I appreciate both of you guys. Thank you. All right. So let's jump right into it. So Tyron and Kenny, what would you say is the biggest impediment to us as a people in gaining financial independence when we are the world's largest consumer force? I would say that debt has to be one of the biggest hindrance for Black America. We start off in debt from almost the age of 18. And we go into a cycle that our parents have had before us 
and their parents before them. And when we say the cycle, we start off, if we make it to college, we have college debt, we come out of school, and some of us, we go and get jobs, and a lot of us, unfortunately, we, we have children quickly, not planned for. So we have a, a debt bill for college. We start off with a car. We have that debt now. We have the children. We have, and yes, whether you think of it like that or not, children are somewhat of a debt burden as well. Then we want to talk about, uh, well, you know, maybe we may get married. And now we're looking at we want to buy a home. And so before we've even gotten rid of one debt, we have maybe four to five debt chain balls around us. And before we start even eliminating maybe our own school debt, we're almost preparing for our children to go to college. And so now we're going to take on that debt to help finance them. So, uh, excuse me, and I think you can throw in credit card debt as well. Well, 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 that's all. Debt is debt. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's all a cycle. So I think that's, and we haven't even talked about getting to investing because really investing is, is a non thing because if you have $50,000 in the, in the market and you have $50,000 worth of debt, you're just holding someone else's money. You have nothing. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges for, for Black America. Good point. Good point. Because in essence, as you said, we don't get ourselves into a place where we actually have paid off anything until we start taking on even more. Kenny, what are your thoughts? Tyron hit some things right on the head. I think a few things to add. Number one, I, I don't believe our people understand how easy it is to build wealth. I, I don't think they understand that. If you take any 35-year rolling period, okay, 30s from 34, and you individual invest $250 a month, okay, over that 35 year, over those 35 years, they're going to be a millionaire. The best case scenario, the best 35-year rolling period, they would have $2.4 million for just from putting away $250 a month. The worst, they would have $739,000. And the medium is about a million four. Just from putting away $250 a month, over a 35 year period. The second thing I would add is that we've been conditioned to be all flash and no cash. And we accept that as a people, we wear and drive our pride. So we will have nothing, no assets, but if we got a pair of Jordans on, the latest jeans, the hottest shirt and a ball cap, we got it going on and we don't got it going on. It's a fallacy. I think the lack of financial education is important as well. Um, I think that there's not strategic things that have been taught from generation to generation. The way we make money, I think, is the biggest financial impediment. Listen, J-O-B equals just over broke. Eight out of 10 people in the United States are living paycheck to paycheck. Why is that? Because they make money the wrong way. When you are an employee, you are an expense. And whenever businesses need to cut expenses, they cut employees. So I think the way we make money is also a big impediment. And last but not least, I'll say the lack of humility. If young people would learn to just abide by their parents' rules and stay home a little bit longer, 
then they could and put money away and begin to save money and have a better start. But everybody wants to, you know, I everybody wants to do things my way. And I think my way is one of the biggest impediments to growing wealth too, because your parents want for you. I believe each generation should lift off from where their parents left off. But because kids are like, you know, I'm going to do things, I'm going to come in four or five, I'm going to try to, you know, do things, disrespect the parents' home, then they end up having to leave early and then they have to go out on their own and many of them aren't ready. That's a great point, especially when we realize, I mean, again, from prior generations, there was that sense of parents were ready to get you out of the house as soon as possible. But I think, especially with like the college loan debt and so forth now, I think parents are more than willing to allow you to have some time to stick around and pay off a good deal of that debt before you go out and start taking on a rent note stuff. So that's a great point. You were about to say something, Scott? You made a couple of interesting points. One was if you put away $250 a month for 35, 34, 35 years, we have some pretty astute listeners and somebody's going to ask us, what's the percentage rate? What are you putting that $250 in? You said put it away but you didn't say put it away where and what the return was. So so I based that off of that was a straight mutual fund. And uh, let me just say that I'm not recommending that. Let me just throw my disclaimer out there. Okay. I'm just using this as an example. So just to protect myself. But what I used was American Funds Investment Company of America. It's called the ICA. It's a mutual fund. Okay. The median is about 13% on that over the 35-year period. The best period was 15%, and the worst period was a little under nine. Before you move something else that Kenny said, talking about formulas, I think we tend to make the idea of building wealth more complicated than what it really is. And so it's very simple. A positive cash flow, you take a positive cash flow, multiply that with the investment, investing plus time, that equals the wealth. So it's not a very complicated formula. People mm-hmm. make it seem like it's very complicated, but it's not. So if you take a positive cash flow, what you have coming in afterwards, after you've paid your debt, what you have saved, what you have left over, if you invest that plus time equals wealth. Makes sense. It's a very simple formula. And see, that's what we have to acknowledge as well, just like when we talked about the trust issues, is that this is an area where we have not had the same level of financial literacy in our communities because, you know, the generations before us were really lucky to have insurance policies. And so the idea of having additional monies that they could save, or if they did save at all, it was in a savings account, the idea of investing and and making some sacrifices where you could put away money like that is something that wasn't a part of our general acumen, which leads to the next question, which is how do we help more people understand what they don't know about using financial services professionals? Because the majority, unfortunately, as it seems that our people do not have a financial services professional in their mix. Whether or not they have an accountant to do taxes or a lawyer to do things, they usually do not have one of you gentlemen. Like, Talk to us a little bit about what you see as what people need to know and why they should be explicitly looking for a Black financial services professional. It's really, I think, Rod, Rodney, it's what, what, it's what they don't know. 
so it, I think that when you respect the profession, when you respect somebody like myself and Tyron, who are both fiduciaries, who are governed by law to do what's right for people, and you understand that there's things that we know that people don't know. When a plumber comes to my house and he says, Kenny, you know what? You need to do this. I'm like, okay. When the roofer comes to my house and says, Kenny, you know what? You might have a couple more years, but I would pull it up now. I'm like, okay. And there's little things that we'll be able to introduce that will make a gigantic difference in people's lives. For example, the time value of money, for example. T talked about getting in early. If we could get our kids investing in their 20s, so a $5,500 contribution from 22 to 29 and then stopping at 29, never putting another dime in from 30 on, that's $44,000 in, okay? That will grow to $2 million at 9%. Just putting $5,500 in a year from age 22 all the way to 29 and then stopping at 30. That will grow to 2 million. On the other hand, if somebody starts at 30 and puts that 5,500 in from age 30 all the way to age uh, 67, that's $209,000 worth of contributions. And at the same interest rate of 9%, that money will only grow to a million eight. So if, if you wanted to have a million dollars, or in this case, close to two, do you want to put $44,000 in, or do you want to put $209,000 in? And these are the kind of things that when you work with an advisor, that we're going to be able to tell you, we're going to be, to be able to explain that there are vehicles out there that you can put money in and never have to pay a dime of taxes on when you take that money out which most people have never even heard of the Roth IRA. And there's different vehicles out there that are available to people that they're not gonna know on their own. Respect the craft, respect what we have done, and respect that we care about our people. Ron, I, I actually heard you say something, I guess from your segment last week of trust. And I find that unfortunately in our community, a lot of times when it comes to money, we're gonna be very distrusting of dealing with each other. So that may be a hindrance on why we don't seek out other minority uh, advisors to deal with because we grew up so much around scams and different things or whatever that we have this inherent distrust of this professional that's sitting across from us. I've seen it plenty of times, you know, sitting down talking with minorities and I'm like, wow, you know, it, it, it's crazy because I would say 90% of my clients are non-minority, you know, including Jewish clients. And so, you know, when I, when I sit and, and discuss and talk with a minority, sometimes, you know, there's a different look in their, in their face. And so that may be a hindrance, but, you know, we're here to help. We're, we're, we're here to educate. And there's so many things that we haven't been shown because there is not many of us already in this field. And so, you know, I like to tell people, you know, out for those who are financial advisors, minority financial advisors, we, we're supposed to be kind of like the old movie or the book, The Spook Who Set By The Door. If you don't know what that is, it was a guy from the hood 
who went into being a FBI agent and they actually sat him by the door because basically they weren't looking to integrate him into their society, into the FBI culture. But he learned everything and brought it back to the neighborhood. So, you know, that's our job is to come back and, and, and help those who don't understand, you know, but they also have to be willing and open to, to hearing and learning. I mean, Google is your friend. Even if you didn't have a, a financial advisor, there's so many things that you can go out there and learn if you just, you know, type it in. If you if you really want to know, you know, but we're here, we're here to to help. So as my brother said, respect the hustle. Respect respect <laughs> the profession. Hey, great points, great points, because obviously when we talk about relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide, what we are emphasizing with each listener and each person who hears the construct is that it starts in each household. So in essence, stop listening to other folks' opinions about things and make your own decision that you're gonna go out and investigate and select a black financial services professional that can help you to not only master your economy inside your house, but also to grow it for the future. So that's a real big point. And so it could not come at a better time for you guys to, to share that information. So our time starts to fly by, but I certainly want to give you guys an opportunity to share any parting thoughts before we wrap for this week. You know, Rod, I, I want to just tell a quick story. You know, when I first started in this business, my, my bishop asked me to get a life insurance license because there were people who were passing away in our congregation who didn't have life insurance. And um, I said, oh, sure, I'll get, the, I'll get the life insurance license. I never had any dream. I was a teacher. I taught in Newark for 23 years. Uh, wasn't planning on going into this field at all. I started training with uh, the principal financial group. And it was a gentleman that didn't look like us who was training me. And I started taking him to my friends and he started offering products that I began to question. And I remember him taking me to see one of my friends and he offered a product. And after we finished, I said, why did you offer him that? Why didn't you even offer him this? Because he, that's not enough protection. He has a wife and he has two kids. If something happens to him, that's not going to take care of his family. And his, his answer verbatim was, Kenny, if you sell that stuff, you won't eat. And over my career, I do, my, the majority of my clients are African-American. You know, I do have other ethnic groups, but the majority... And I've learned is that if I teach a concept and I prove a concept, then our people are more willing to, to move forward. Um, it doesn't, and, and I start investments for people, they don't have to have a lot of money. All they have to do is want to. So my parting, my parting thing is give us a shot. Give us a shot. See what you, see what you learn. Judge us on our, our competence. Judge us on our character. Judge us on our integrity. Judge us on our morality instead of just automatically thinking they don't know as much because their skin is brown. Teron? <laughs> Good one, Katie. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, my, my forte is not really so much just talking about investments. I'm basically around, I guess you may say, a lifestyle management because it's not just investing. It's, it's, it's how you're going to manage your life. What is, what is the lifestyle that you're looking for? How are you going to get there? How, how are you planning that? 
And so that's what we're here for, to be a guiding light, to be to be that person that can kind of like get the get the bricks out the path, so to speak, or the pebble out the path that you're not going to step on. You know, so you don't have to have this this fear of sitting down with a financial advisor. It shouldn't be that. It should be, hey, listen, he's no different than your accountant or, you know, uh, your, your doctor. But they're there to be a guiding light in helping you plan out strategies and to actually also bounce ideas off of. It, it, it shouldn't be just words from your advisor or him just uh, talking. He, he should be there listening to what your concerns are, you know, what your goals are, what your dreams are, and then coming up with a game plan in essence to try to get you there. If he can help you achieve that and you become rich along the way, then that's great. But as long as he achieves the goals that you actually have set, then he's accomplished his job. And so that's what we're looking to do. Excellent point. Sounds like, in fact, we should all have financial coaches in the mix with us so we can learn that which we don't know. So we appreciate it greatly. Well, that's it for another edition of the Brothers Talk. We want to thank our special guest, Teron Tidwell of Hudson Point Capital, and check out his profile in Black Enterprise, and Kenny Bryant of Managing Money God's Way. Remember to keep spreading the word about the podcast and let them know about our website, thebrotherstalk.com, and keep those comments, questions, and suggestions coming at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And if you want to share in more detail, remember you can go long form at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. In parting, as always, we say let's do better today because that's really all we have.